Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Imperfect Podcast. I'm Kathy. And I'm Kennedy. Join us on this week's episode as we discuss intriguing topics and people of interest that will inspire us to explore all of the unique pieces of ourselves. We are all imperfectly perfect. We're We're glad glad you're here. here. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Imperfect Podcast. Recently, we were pleased to have a young man by the name of Carter Holmes reach out to us as he shared an interest in our podcast. Carter, who was born in Newfoundland and is currently living in the St. John, New Brunswick area, is studying to obtain his bachelor's degree in theology and is actually pastoring a church at the age of 19. Carter is also an artist, filmmaker, and an experienced musician who's traveled across many provinces over the years, and he shares that he comes from a very large family with 21 first cousins. Carter seems like he's quite ambitious for his age, and we're really looking forward to be speaking with him today. So let's get started. Hi, Carter. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Good. I have to ask, how did you end up finding us? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I, one of my older friends, Noah Weeb, was recently on the podcast okay. and I noticed him, not, not super close with him now, but I still have him on Facebook and I uh, was browsing through Facebook, saw the post, saw your podcast, was going through the podcast, watching them, thought to myself, these stories are amazing like they're they're so captivating um like the the honesty that goes through them I just thought to myself I've never had an outlet before uh in a a digital manner to ever to to tell my story and to kind of to relay uh encouragement and and whatnot through this media this medium so Mm -hmm. I thought why don't I reach out and just kind of see I'm it's interesting that I've never met I love people talking to people who I've never met in my life yeah I thought I'd reach out and just say hey like uh you know this is this is kind of my story see the process of you know I'm glad that I'm glad to be here I'm glad that I've had this opportunity I thank you so much for it oh well thank you for having the courage to reach out I know sometimes we doubt ourselves too and we kind of go oh no they're not going to take me or whatever but We're just ordinary people in a small town in New Brunswick. So we appreciate you reaching out. And that's the the whole concept to our show, Carter, is that everybody has a story, right? And, you know, through our own imperfectness, we can add encouragement to other people's lives who are feeling, you know, the the pressure to, to perform and be perfect when really it's about embracing our own imperfectness. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, uh, why don't you tell us who you are? What's your story? Who's Carter? What kind of interest do you have? What do you do for work? Things like that. Yeah, so I'm I'm Carter Holmes. I uh, was born in uh, Gander, Newfoundland, was raised in Bonavista, Newfoundland, very far east of Newfoundland. I don't expect many of your viewers to know all these places, but uh, I've had a very interesting life, traveled around tons of places all over Canada, uh, in the U.S. I've lived uh, in Cambridge Bay, Nunavut, uh, above the Arctic Circle, was up in the Arctic for about four years, uh, came back down here to New Brunswick after that, really just kind of trailing my, my parents because of their, their jobs and their work. So, um, and my dad was always like, uh, and with his work as well, we would just, uh, we, we kind of expected 
to move a lot. Uh, we never got too close and, and warm in one place at one time. Mm. And uh, but I've been in New Brunswick now for for eight years. So it's the longest time I've ever lived in one place. And um super, super like content with the area and I love the place I love the people uh the environment I I usually have no complaints so <laughs> yeah my but that's that's just in terms of you know where I've been when it comes to travel uh my my life is also is equally as, as interesting as, as my uh travel experience I have four siblings um I have uh my my father who's a wonderful wonderful father uh, I have a little dog his name is Pepsi we need him after the drink. And uh, he's, a, he's a cute little guy. And um, yeah, so my my story is very interesting. It There's a lot of moving parts. It's very complex. And uh, I just, you know, I, I don't even know where to begin, honestly, when I when I talk about myself. But when it comes to what I'm doing right now, currently, I so I only graduated from high school about two years ago. Mm. And um it's 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 been it seems like a long time ago but two years ago i'm only 19 years old and i've i've been blessed with the privilege uh to be able to pastor a church at wow. the age of 19 and it's wow. uh, unusually young i guess uh to see pastors of my age um not maybe not 100 years ago there was a lot of young young people in ministry but right now in north america 21st century you don't often see very young uh, pastors, right? So true. Uh, that this just completely, completely new thing. It's been very recent. That's in been in development. But I'm actually sitting in my office right now at the church. So uh, just a workspace I'm getting used to. So very yeah, cool. <laughs> very cool. So when you say that you moved a around a lot, you said it was just strictly because of your parents' work, and um, then you landed in New Brunswick. And so did you always? want to be a pastor or was it one of those things that it just kind of led you in the right direction and you were in the right place at the right time or it's one of those things where I wasn't uh was never absolutely certain of like most people my age are still trying to figure out exactly what they want to do with their life so am I and you know <laughs> it, we all are right and we're all yeah. on a separate journey and so when it came to being a pastor, my dad was a pastor actually. Okay. And uh, he wasn't a pastor until we moved here to New Brunswick. He was the previous pastor of this very church. Um, my mom was a nurse. And so uh, she, we moved to, to Nunavut for her job, for, for her nursing. And then we moved back here. Um, what kind of happened with the, the whole pastorship thing was, I, if you, if you'd spoken to me two years ago, I'll just say this much and said mm -hmm. to me, Hey, you're going to be pastoring a church at 19, all this responsibility, right? Um, I would have, I would have not believed you at all. <laughs> right. It's just the way that think these things turn out. Um, two years ago, I wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to go into the film industry. Um, I was debating between a lot of careers really. Uh, but I, I wasn't sure. Uh, I guess if I had to tell you exactly why I wasn't sure, my most solid answer was because we were going, our family was going through a lot of grief at that point in our lives. So two, it was over two years ago now, uh, approaching three years ago that I lost my mother and uh, I was 17 years old. So because of that, uh, everything, uh, our, the course of our lives was just flipped upside down, right? right? It's like completely, your whole world shatters. You, you question who you are anymore you it's like just I know it's it sounds very 
you know, doom and gloom and grim, but it's the truth, right? People have these experiences. Yeah. I never thought I'd be the kind of person to have one of those. I'm not really the sob story kind of person, but I never really thought that I'd have to to go through something like that. Right. So when it when it happened, um, we were all everything was so up in the air, and it was right before I graduated high school, and because of that, my sense of direction uh, was scattered. Uh, my my life's compass was was completely broken, if you will. My mother was very good at giving advice. Um, as many mothers are. And uh, she, I would have been such a tremendous help if she had played a big role in in helping me find my direction. Mm-hmm. And, um, but when she passed away, I didn't, although my father also gives really great advice, being such a busy man and, and uh, being a father and not having that same, the same capability of giving motherly advice like my mom had, it, it kind of gave me um, a sense of no direction and it's not not by any one person's fault that's just the way it turned out so when I uh, when I did graduate high school I applied for um, University of New Brunswick mm-hmm. into the Bachelor of Arts thought maybe I could be a teacher or something you know uh, again I was directionless um, and then I kind of uh, at this time of course I was I'm a Christian so being a Christian uh, and from our point of view uh, as in the Christian faith having God to look up to, um, having uh, where God gives you a sense of direction was such an inspiration to me because uh, when that's the one thing I like about being a Christian, about having God by my side is that when something, uh, when there's a turn of events in life that kind of throw you off course, you always have something to stick to for some direction. And so I really appreciate that. Um, about God. And he really did help me kind of find my footing after my mother's death. Um, a lot of people tried, you know, I, I tried counseling. A lot of people tried and there is, there it did, it did help like other people did help. But ultimately, when it came to this very thing here, uh, I spent my first year, year or so after my mom's death, I was just, I said, I didn't want to go to university. I kind of dropped out um, like right at the beginning, I didn't, didn't drop out. I actually just rescinded my, uh, acceptance, my application. Mm-hmm. I didn't go at all because I felt like it wasn't the right thing to do. So in that first year or two after my mom's death, I was working, um, a part-time job. I was at my house. I was really doing nothing. I felt, I felt just so hopeless, if you will. And I had no, I kind of felt like I had no real purpose. And it wasn't the best time of my life. Um, it was one of the more dark times of my life. During that period, um, I, I had done a lot of prayer. I had done a lot of trying to be closer to God. I had done a lot of talking to my friends and my family, saying like, hey, I'm going to be open and honest with you. I really don't know what my life is supposed to be. I, I don't know who I am. I don't know. I don't know what my purpose is at the moment. Like, I'm not doubting, I'm not doubting that I can find those answers through God. But right now, I just, in in human flesh, being overwhelmed with such grief, it's making it really hard to see past the next day on a day-to-day basis, right? Mm -hmm. I was really living day by day. So uh, when it came about a few months ago, I mean, I had had a girlfriend, I have a wonderful girlfriend now, and she's been a tremendous help. Um, when I did, uh, have, when I met her and we started that relationship, 
because she goes to church, she was involved in her ministry too and got me kind of interested. I said, you know what? Um, when you're in the situation where you don't have much of a sense of direction, sometimes you're just like, I can try anything. I'm just going to try anything. Mm -hmm. So one day I, I asked my dad, I said, can I, can I maybe speak like uh, do kind of like a sermon or a message in, in our church? And uh, he, he said, yes. And I tried it out and the feedback that I got, and this was over a year ago. Now uh, the feedback that I got was so overwhelming. It was so overwhelmingly positive. Uh, for once in in the two years since my mom's death, I had felt this um, this this sense of direction start to be a little bit more clear. Mm. And from that uh, from from that day, I, I preached more sparsely again throughout the year. You know, once every few weeks, it started to get more and more frequent. And uh, then my dad announced his resignation. He felt it was time to move on from this church. And when he did that. They, of course, uh, protocol, you look for a new pastor. Um, nobody, not even myself, would have thought to themselves, why don't we take this 19-year-old with very little uh, ministry experience and put him up there and see how he does. Uh, however, I was approached by, and I mean, a lot of, I don't know, some of the viewers who are watching this now might know me personally. And I know that most of the viewers are not going to have any idea about the story at all. So here's your chance to... <laughs> to know exactly how it went detail for detail. But what ended up happening was the uh, administration, the leadership approached me directly and said, hey, we're looking to get young people in the pulpits of churches. We're looking to get young people involved with with uh, outreach and, and community building and loving other people, you know, living their best life. We're looking for young people to get more involved in this because they're the future. They're yeah. our future, right? And so uh, that kind of new mission statement, if you will, um, I, I really did not know very much about it, that it existed in our, in our leadership and administration. But they mentioned it to my dad. And I said, we, they said, we think of your son Carter when we think of these things. So my dad brought the idea up to me. And the way he put it was this. He kind of just said, like, this doesn't mean anything, but this is what they said. It's very intriguing. I don't know what you might think. And at the time I just was like, nah, no, thank you. Like, right. That's a lot of responsibility right. for a 19 year old overseeing a church. And, um, yeah. but I took some time and I did a lot of self digging. I did a lot of processing up here. Yeah. Uh, I did a lot of prayer. I did a lot of uh, seeking, a lot of talking to other people, the same format that I had been using for two years. And it felt like it was going nowhere this time when I did it. I got some some actual usable response from other people. And they kind of told me like, that would be great. This is a great opportunity. You should seize it. You should you you should take a hold of it. And I'm I'm here half of me wanting to, half of me not. And then I thought about my mother. And I mm -hmm. thought, you know, what would she think? What would she think in this situation? She grew up Christian. Uh, she really admired my dad uh, as a as a Christian leader in our home and a pastor, she said, uh, or when I thought about her, um, I, I, I began to, it's almost like I was talking to her directly. I just kind of felt like, um, I kind of felt like if I were here in front of her right now, and I told her about this opportunity, she would also tell me to take it. You know, she would be so proud of me. And that kind of made me think to myself, 
this you like you know the famous quote you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take yeah well in this case it's true if if i never pursued this if i shut it down right out of the gate i would never know if it's something that i could actually be successful in or something that could actually give me purpose so i dip my toes in to it i dip then my knees and my legs and before i knew yeah. it i was fully submersed and uh we were i was in training I was doing ministry training. I was doing a mentorship. I had a bunch of people giving me advice. I, and, and during this time, I was still doing online schooling, um, finding my footing. And before I knew it, um, I ended up I ended up working here at the church on a frequent basis and taking over services for myself, which even then I never thought I'd be doing. And I, I ended up thinking to myself, this is what the job would be. You know, what I'm doing, being able to reach people, uh, being able to reach the youth, being a part of so many, so much uh, community building and, and outreach and uh, being able to touch people's lives. This is what I'd be doing mm. if I if I actually had this job and and it appealed to me. It really did. And for the first time in a long time, I had felt that God had given me a sense of direction and uh, an affirmation and confirmation. Like this is of all the things I tried, this thing seems like it might actually stick. And so through more prayer, through more waiting, I and and while sticking with the program, eventually it came to the church to decide, uh, because at this point I had been doing so much ministry in our church. It came up to them to decide, is this guy worth keeping up? Is this guy worth pursuing? Do we want him as our pastor? And surprisingly, I have an, I had an overwhelming in the vote majority say, yes, we want you. Your age does not matter. And actually in the Bible, uh, there's actually a specific verse um, when one of the apostles tells uh, one of the young, young ministers who uh, at the time was between 18 and 22. We're not really historically sure, but the, the apostle, his name was Paul and the minister's name was Timothy. And Paul said to Timothy, he's like, you know, don't let anybody look down on you because of your age right yeah but instead just be an example to everybody else and through through the amount of love that you have for other people through your conduct and your speech and and your lifestyle like be an example to everybody and don't let your age make anybody think that you're not qualified or capable and i took a lot of inspiration from that and i believe my church did too before you knew it i got the vote of confidence Everything was moving so fast, but at the same time, I have an overwhelming peace that like, hey, this is it. Like this is, and it's been going great so far. So now I'm sitting in my own office. Wow. I'm sitting in a, a church that I am pastoring. I'm just so excited for everything that's, you know, about to happen. I believe that there's awesome things that are going to happen in our city. And I'm just absolutely thrilled for it all. And look, just look how much can come out of, some a place in life where you just feel so hopeless and directionless mm -hmm. to now right yeah it's pretty yeah. amazing <laughs> yeah. I, yeah i love that story that you shared about uh paul and and timothy it's good advice for anyone yeah oh yeah absolutely and, and I, not just not just younger people i mean yeah older people struggle with it too i'm here <laughs> to tell you and can you speak at all about you didn't mention any time I'm doubting yourself. Did you go through periods of that? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely didn't cover all bases when I said all that, but when it came to self doubt, that was, that was persistent, right? I not only just before this whole pastorship thing, but even during it, even now, there's always some times where I, where I just doubt a little bit, yeah. but I I'll, I'll tell you this. It's I'll just tell you like a, a little quick story that happened on my way back from vacation. Uh, it actually just has to do specifically with the question you just asked with doubt. When yeah. I was, we, we flew to Toronto a couple of weeks ago and on our way back from Toronto, we had to get on a, a flight at the flight left at seven 20 in the morning. And we ended up at the airport at five and through like a whole bunch of delays that nobody can control. Um, we ended up missing our flight during this flight on our way back meant a lot to me because my family just moved away to Nova Scotia after my dad resigned and mm -hmm. I'm living on my own. And yeah. so I knew that when I landed, got off this plane, cause I was going to land in Halifax and drive back here. I knew that when I landed and got off the plane, two things would happen. One, my family would be gone, leave me. I'd be living on my own. That's a big step. And two, I'd be taking on this role as a pastor. And it hit me like a ton of bricks that despite all the, all the affirmative things that had gone on and all the, um, the confirmation from other people and the support that I had gotten, despite all of that, because I'm human, I still had convinced myself that maybe it wasn't the right, maybe, maybe this is not meant to be. And I had a lot of self-doubt. So I get on the plane and because we missed our flight, they booked us on another flight immediately. And I get on this other flight and a, where our seats are assigned randomly, none of our family is sitting next to each other. And I'm, I'm assigned at a seat, 35 uh, E actually. I sit in the middle, it's in the middle row. And I know that regardless of what I do, there's going to be a stranger on my left, stranger on my right. Mm. I'm never going to meet in my life. So someone comes, uh, sits next to me on my left side and a woman sits next to me on my right side and the flight starts, everything's going fine. And the woman all of a sudden asked me about just, you know, some small talk questions. She's like, uh, you know, what are you doing in school and all this? So I answer, I, I say that I'm in a bachelor of theology and not a word of a lie her face, her eyes, she just freaks out. She goes right back against her seat. She's like, study of God? I say, yeah, it's a study of God. She's like, I don't see very many young people going into that nowadays. Wow. And she tells me that she's proud of me. And she tells me, um, she starts to, she starts to pour into me these words of wisdom. She starts to tell me that, that everything's meant to be and that it's going to be all right and to have confidence in myself and, and to not be afraid of what's going to come because only good is going to come. And all of this stuff and so much, so much encouragement, um, biblical encouragement, you know, words of what she was just pouring into me. And I felt so excited, so joyful. When I walked off that plane, I was laughing. I was yeah. smiling. I was just like, and I'm not that kind of person who's laughing all the time. I was walking off that plane. I felt so rejuvenated so excited. And I thought to myself, I don't think, and she actually said the same thing to me. She's like, I don't think that this conversation that you would be sat next to me because she was a woman who'd been in ministry for many years. I come to find out. Wow. She's like, I don't think that you sat next to me by coincidence. I think this conversation was meant to happen. And right. I thought to myself, right when I doubted myself the most, God swooped in 
sent someone. That's say what all I that. was going to say. Yeah. And, and, and if I, you're... Was, I was just mind blown. And I omitted a lot of details there. Uh, mm -hmm. But trust me, there was a lot of great stuff packed into what she said. And I walked out and I'm still feeling that joy now. Like, okay, like I've had confirmation, not just from other people, but from God himself and, and from my environment, uh, from what has been going on all the positivity here and the results that i'm seeing i that self-doubt that even though sometimes on a day-to-day -day basis to be honest with you kathy um on a day-to-day -day basis sometimes it tries to seep its way through that self-doubt but at the end of the day i because of what happened on that airplane and because i've had enough confirmation to know that i shouldn't doubt there's no need to doubt i i have the strength thankfully, to be able to push that self-doubt aside. And regardless, I know there's, I know in the future, some things are going to go wrong a little bit. Other things are going to go great. That's part of life. But when it comes to being here, just being here, just being in this position, I don't doubt that it's where I need to be. And if your flight hadn't have been canceled or missed, like mm -hmm. it's all of the things leading up to that too, right? And it's so funny as you can you as you continue on your path and you start to go, oh, well, I don't know. God was like, I'm going to sit you next to this woman on a plane and she's going to talk you up just because you doubted mm -hmm. yourself a little bit. So that's really cool. And I think too, just with, we talked a little bit about age. Um, you were mentioning about age and I know how you feel in that sense, because a lot of what I have done in my past, people underestimate just because of your age and but at the same time you've got to look at it from the perspective of a church is a community of people and you just happen to be the pastor and they're coming to you for advice and things like that but it's not you're not alone either and what a great situation as well to have your father in a position in the past where you have a mentor as well so it's it seems like everything was just kind of lined up perfectly and certain things happened in a certain way for you so that you ended up in this spot it's really kind of inspiring and i like i like to tell the i'd like to tell my church i like what you said there about um that we're all in this together kind of thing i like to tell my church often that i like this to be a team player game i'm not on some podium above everybody else shouting command saying this is what we're going to do that's what we're going to do listen to me right. no i'm i'm a part of the flock right i'm i'm here yes i've been appointed to this role to help to help guide some of you to help push the church in a certain direction yes but at the same time interpersonally like we're we're in this together i want right. to hear from you like you want to hear from me all of your opinions matter you are all uh, worthwhile to listen to you are all valid I like to, to treat things like that. So that helps to uh, that helps to kind of dampen the the blow a little bit when it comes to the age that some older people right. might be worried about just right. to know that like they do have a voice. All right. And that really helps them. Right. You were going to say something, mom. I was, I was going to say, so you got encouragement on that flight because just when you thought everything was a mess, it actually ended up turning out better than you had anticipated. So you got encouragement and what I see here is also you got a great title for the first book, the book you're going to write, and it's going to be called 35E. 35E. Oh, that's pretty cool. I never thought about that. <laughs> when you said it, it was like, that's it. That's 
know? Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, book no, is dedicated true. to Kathy from the Imperfect Podcast. <laughs> I was just, just thinking that. I was like, you'll be on the first page. Yeah, for your idea. You'll be given credit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a really neat story. Yeah. And so just to ask you a few other questions just about you and who you are, do you have any other interests um, that you like to do? You mentioned uh, your girlfriend um, and that you just went on vacation. Do you do anything? You said you were a musician. What do you do in your spare time? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, everything I've said in the past a little bit that like that just pertains to my job. But when it comes to hobbies, um, music is really foundational it's one of the biggest things i've been a musician for quite a while uh piano is the main interest uh, interest instruments or that i play um and it is my main interest um piano i mean i play a bit of guitar i play drums music as a whole i don't really sing but uh, my girlfriend does so i like to accompany her Piano's actually been a big part of the ministry i've been playing piano in church for many many years mm-hmm. which has also kind of helped people uh, already get used to me being up on the platform and whatnot, but, uh, yeah, music art. I did met, like, I know you mentioned art cause I had, I let you guys know that art is a, I grew up on art when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still make art occasionally nowadays. I like doing portraits and whatnot. Um, uh, filmmaking, of course, uh, something that I really like, I'm hoping to integrate that a lot into this church. Like I know you a lot definitely, of churches. Have, you definitely uh, could. Yeah, a lot of a lot of key parts of the church services um, and uh, videography and advertisement and all this comes film comes into play. So I'm like, what better way to take one passion and meld it into another? Right. Absolutely. So these things, uh, the kind of un- the kind of underlying thing and the three things I just mentioned was more it, uh, just art in general. It's uh, artistic expression, creativity. Right. Uh, I've always been known for that. Um, never really thought that, like I said before, it would end up. Um, being included in in a pastoral role mm-hmm. but I'm excited to see it be so yeah those are and you know other other than like music and filmmaking and whatnot I don't do very much else right I'm a really busy person if you talk to really anybody one of the things that they'd be able to tell you especially in my last job one of the things my boss would be able to tell you a lot is oh he's always busy <laughs> and uh, Sorry, Karen, if you're watching this, but no, I, I am a busy person. I always am on the phone or, or going to some meeting, but when I'm not doing that, I'm playing music. And when I'm not doing that, I'm filmmaking. And so really, um, when it comes to spare time stuff, like I really question if I have any at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I do, I'm just kind of watching TV. So yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm a guy of passion and creativity. I love, I love getting to work, right? It's uh it's really interesting too, uh not to tie you to somebody else, but uh your yeah, yeah you, you were getting there too. I don't know if you maybe had seen this particular episode. Um specific one. first actually, I believe, after like we got started. Yeah, it wasn't short after uh, it was shortly after we got started, but your personality type and even you saying your artistic expression, the fact that you do art music filmmaking all of these things and ironically enough um your name is the same as my cousin carter um yeah so and is carter 19 how old is carter no i'm gonna be getting the question actually he's 19 and he's going to 
pursuing the same area of interest as you so that's kind of and he does like film yeah he does filmmaking and uh music within uh one of the churches and so it's just interesting just aside that not necessarily about you but it's just very strange that this is happening um but uh yeah very very cool and I think you could definitely add filmmaking into the church and that's Mm -hmm. the bonus to having young people in different areas um and in places that they typically wouldn't be in so early is that you can very much sorry mom modernize things you need somebody (laughs) to haul the technology horse yeah and (laughs) it can really it to get young people into a church it just it I don't say this in a derogatory way, but it livens it up a little bit, right? Well, there's there's a saying, which is an old church is a dying church. And sometimes it sounds a little bit harsh, but like everybody in my church, I know some of them might be watching this. uh, Everybody in my church and in other churches, they agree like, hey, if our churches are just filled with with people up in age, then it can only last for so long. And this is why we like to put the emphasis on the youth. And our vision for our particular church is community building. That's and it goes beyond just the youth, but the youth play a key role in it because they are literally our future, like I said before. And whatever way that we can make this a place that the youth want to come to. And um, if I asked every parent in my church, and if I asked every parent in this world, like how many, how many of you, every Christian parent, if how many of you want to see your kids in church, they'll they'll say yes, right? How many, mm-hmm. ask any other normal parent, how many uh, people do you want, how many of uh, you want to see your kids in a place that's exciting and a, a, a place that has a strong sense of community that makes your kids ha- feel like they have a place to call home outside of their home? Like that's what our our church and, and church in general is for. And I mean, yeah. if I ask parents those questions, they'd all have their hands raised because that's what that's what kids need. That's what this generation needs, right? Yeah. So that's, we want to put a focus in that. And whether it's, filmmaking that that allows that to be fostered into our church and other churches or whether that's um you know so introducing some some newer music that fosters to the kids or uh different programs and uh and youth events whatnot all of that plays a big role and that's all going to be a part of the vision and the direction that we're going to be pulling our church Mm -hmm. no that's 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 awesome just to think of how much growth you can also put into that church and you're you're young and you have good ideas and the artistic abilities will definitely serve you in that sense it's like you said it all kind of pairs together so mm-hmm. so we just have a few more questions for you carter uh what makes you feel most inspired or like your best self would you say it's the position you have at the church or do you feel it's time spent with a certain person or? Um, I mean, I don't see why I can't be a combination of tons of things, but sure. I guess primarily, um, <laughs> primarily it is the, the here at the church. Uh, I was inspired by a lot of individuals, um, by my dad. Uh, I was inspired by my mom. I could, the list I could just say forever. Uh, my girlfriend, absolutely. Um, the the position at this church inspires me it drives me to be the person who i feel i'm meant to be on a day-to-day basis mainly yes i mean i i am getting paid it's it's a job it's something that you could kind of you could make the argument you know you kind of have to but at the same time it's something i want to do you know right mm-hmm. they say if you love your job you never work a day in your life and right. i feel like that right i 
I just absolutely love what I, and it inspires me to, to do a lot more uh, studying uh, the Christian faith, theology, the Bible, um, and which I believe because I feel like a lot of that is a part of me and it is really my, is who I am, then that is what inspires me to be uh, who I am. And of course the people, of course, God. Um, but when it, when it comes to just my surroundings immediately, it is other people too. And um, I, I, I know I mentioned it earlier, but my uh, girlfriend, I didn't really go into detail, but it was, she was kind of the catalyst for uh, like the whole me just getting to, to come to the understanding that I can be on a pulpit and I can preach and speak and stuff because she had done it first. And I had kind of thought, you know, maybe I'll give, uh, give it a try. And I know I said that earlier, but that's, that's a big part. She's a big inspiration in my life. Um, and so, and I promise I don't feel any pressure to say this just because she's going to be watching. <laughs> but um, I know she knows, she knows I love her and that she's an inspiration. And so, but um, I would like to say to um, when it comes to my dad, he, he inspires us particularly uh, with his strength because after losing my mom, having to be a father of that many kids and being able to hold everything together and do the job of a pastor and a ministry is an everyday seven days a week, 24 seven work and yeah. uh, having to do that. Well, keep the house afloat and all of this kudos to him. Right. He has a lot of strength. So that's an inspiration too, for the strength that I need to do this job. Yeah. And someone to look up to. It's like I had said, like a mentor and it's kind of mm -hmm. nice that you have someone that you can shoot a text to in the middle of the night and say, I don't know what I'm going to do for a sermon help or whatever. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really great. So Carter, what about uh, regrets and failures? You got a biggest regret or a failure that you would have changed the way something went? Well, to be honest, my, if I had to say anything, I mean, we all have maybe day-to-day -day failures, but if I, something of a considerable size for me was that I did not take the time um, after my mom had passed away to put an effort into focusing on the grief itself to, cause I did, I felt like I pushed a lot of it aside mm -hmm. and it only pushed me down with it. I don't think that was a very healthy thing. I don't think, and I know like that we're here to have a conversation and be authentic. So that's what I'm going to try to do. Like yeah, be a, very real with you um, right. and to be very real with you um, is something to do that. I would have to say like, yeah, the grief had a, had a toll on me where I felt that I, I, I just didn't pay attention to it. I, I didn't want it to be real. I pushed it down. I kind of brushed it off. Uh, the counseling that I did, I had like one counseling session, family counselor. I never went to a single session after that. And in hindsight, yeah, it probably wasn't a great idea. We're all, I believe we could all benefit from, from counseling, but I, I, because of the, the reality that I had convinced myself I was living in where everything was okay. I don't need to pay attention to the, to the grief and all that. I really think it took a toll on me and it might, it, I could very well say it might be one of the biggest reasons why I, it, it was a stumbling block. And for two years of my life, that direction, having no direction, um, I feel like, yeah, may, maybe God was have, maybe it was all for a certain timing and for a certain reason. But I believe that I feel like I could have done so much better um, taking care of myself. 
yeah. right? And, and focusing on on growth and myself and making sure that I was okay and just kind of not living life um, with the purpose of just getting through to the next day. I know sometimes we, we feel like we can't get over that hurdle, but I feel like there was a lack of effort on my part. So if there was any regret in my life, it might be that period. Who knows if I had done so much more uh, to overcome the grief and had so much more focus on um, even helping others in my family overcome the grief and whatnot, maybe maybe things would have gone over more smoothly. But yeah, that, that's something that I, I, we can't change the past. And I'm not going to let that part of the past, uh, you know, be be something that defines me in a negative way. But mm-hmm. it is certainly it is certainly there. And very, it was very real. Well, it's it's good thank on you, you to rest. What's that, Mom? I said thank you for being honest. With I us. was I was going to say the same. Good on you for being so honest with us, um, complete strangers, but also just yourself and. I just wanted to add that a lot of times we misperceive that strength means to bury emotions and to come off as strong in front of people and that nothing is wrong and who likes to grieve anyways, right? It's not a fun place to be, but it's an emotion and it's there for a reason. So it's it's good for you to recognize that you need to spend time in that space and um but all at the same time, you know, everything does happen for a particular reason and we may not understand it in the moment, but um, it's it's great that you've recognized that about yourself and you can look back, but ultimately you're here now. And I mean, I don't know, I feel like you appear to be in a good spot at 19 years old. Like you've you've done some very big things amongst all of the being moved around and your the loss of your mother and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's the thing, see, is that uh, even it all led to this very moment. And at 19, I, I mean, I'm counting my blessings. I do feel like, like I said at the beginning of this this podcast, that there are so many 19-year-olds who still, and just like 20, 30, 40-year-olds who still have no idea, like, what what am I supposed to be doing in life? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not taking this position for granted at all. Um, I just, I think that I did learn a lot from, from those two years of grief and that it all did culminate into something so much greater. And, um, I just, you know, sometimes, I mean, sometimes I'm dumbfounded sometimes in, and just still in shock on a day-to-day basis. Like, wow, I, I made it to this point. My, uh, I, I know I didn't say this part earlier, but, uh, what's very funny is that the, the degree that I'm, uh, on my way to getting now through school, I'm not taking any courses at the, at the moment. I'm actually working on uh, credentialing courses or whatever on the side, but uh, the, what I'm enrolled in uh, the end goal of that, of course you do get a lot of education and whatnot, but the end goal of that means that you can apply for your credentials. Um, and it's the same credentials that I'm currently in the process of getting right now, which I don't need school for. I don't need really, I don't need any school at all. And I was already doing, I'm already uh, been enrolled in the school for a year. So um, sometimes I wonder if I even need to stick around, but that that's a funny part of it is that uh, right now I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm working on my credentials, which is three examinations that I have to complete, which will give me my full license as a pastor. Right. Um, until then, by technicality, I'm like an interim pastor. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, yeah, that, that's a little funny thing on the side there. But I'm, I do plan on 
even uh, even though if I do have my credentials, I might still stay around in school and slowly take courses while I work um, just to be able to uh, have a better education and understanding because there's a lot of people who I understand they might they might be almost done or done their degrees and applying for the same credentials I'm applying for now. And um, yeah, they, they, they kind of, I know they might be a little bit jealous or whatever, like, Oh, you got to skip the four years of school mm. and just go straight to it now. Well um, no, but that's uh, it was all in the Lord's timing. And frankly, I did nothing. I really didn't do anything particular to deserve this, but this is the opportunity. Like I said, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That's right. And I took it. Right. And I think that a lot of people should strive more to take opportunities and, and to take a little bit of risk too, because the, the payoff might be, might be great. Right. That's right. No. And what a great opportunity you do have and being put in that situation. So, it, and like you said, you may choose to continue the education or you may just take a few here and there, but ultimately it's just going to supplement what you have already been yeah. given. Right. So either way, there's no loss. So, um, and ultimately we'd like to know what makes you imperfect. <laughs> just uh it's it's my nature by design right we're all we're all imperfectly perfect right yeah. by design and we come to know that in a, a vast variety uh like a various amount of ways right um i i really don't know exactly what specifically in my life made me realize hey like i'm no perfect being but i do know that through my faults through my failures um and through my successes and through my gains, uh, that's just helped me come to realize that, right? That, uh, you know, perfection, I don't think it's, I don't think perfection is something that anybody should strive because I, even though if you look at, you, you could make an argument to my current status in life or, or any measure of success. And you could say to me like, Hey, you're closer to perfection compared to you were two years ago. Not really. No. Cause I don't think that anybody who I don't think success measures how close you are to perfection or anything like that. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, imperfectness, perfect imperfectness is, is a status we all have regardless of how successful we are or how unsuccessful we've been and how much or how much money we have. Right. Just like money is in uh, something that you would chase infinitely and never really get full satisfaction, no matter how much you have perfection it has the same characteristics, right? The more you chase perfection, the more you're going to feel empty and the, the less you will uh, feel satisfied. So that's my take on that. That's a really also, good answer. Also, what are, what <laughs> are people measuring perfectness by? Right. right? Like we're only seeing the exterior. So there can be stuff working inside of someone that is, are, you know, it's not perfect by any means. So, And I, I think that's why, podcasts like this and being able to share your stories with other people brings better awareness to the importance of what's on the inside. Uh, because yeah, like you said, a lot of chasing perfection does, and the measure of that does start for other people like on the outside. And um, yeah, yeah, that's just another good reason why I, I love to be doing what we're doing now, sharing about our faults and flaws and our life story, right? Yeah. And it, it's funny how people who, like you had said initially in the beginning, we don't, we've never met in real life, but how ironic that we all share similar experiences when it comes to simple things like this or not simple things, however you want to look at it. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You were going to say something, mom? 
I was just going to say I have found just in the past couple of years, the the more comfortable you are with the exterior, like we were talking about, the more subtled things seem to be on the inside. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the people that stack possessions and and wealth and material goods around the outside. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with looking nice, but, you know, um, if you really are driven to do that, then I yeah. have personally that, that there's in, inner conflict going on more than anything. Right. Yeah, there's there's there is nothing wrong with there, there's in nothing inherently wrong with material things with money yes it's it's we it's a uh, it's healthy to be financially stable and all these things and to and to uh, care for yourself and your appearance absolutely but um it's and it's not even just a moral principle but a biblical one as well that material things chasing after material things yeah. right uh, convincing yourself that your your ultimate rewards and your and your possessions all lie in materialistic things is is a is a false idea right it's not something that we should be chasing because it's not going to to do you any good um for eternity's sake and for for your um just for your mental health and to when it comes to contentment and happiness it's not going to it's not going to move you forward it's only going to hold you back yep Exactly. the The goal should be to be full on the inside, not on the outside, right? Well put. Well yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Carter, for taking the time to talk with us. It was really kind of neat getting to know you, and uh, I uh, I personally wish you all of the best with your mm-hmm. new career. That's that's big news for you, and. Um, I'm sure you'll do great things and it's just one day at a time, right? Because it didn't, it's like you said, it didn't seem clear at the beginning, but now things as they start to add up and things are starting to line up, it's suddenly seems like it's in within the realm of possibility. Right. So I wish you all the best with all of that. I appreciate that. I just like to say for everybody watching as well, that what you, what you saw in my story too, like don't ever underestimate your worth or what you are capable of at regardless of what point you're at in life, because I made that same mistake after my mother's death. Um, and I made that same mistake in the, in the years preceding, do not underestimate, um, the potential of how good things can be just over the horizon. Just hold on. (laughs) Really appreciate you saying that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Carter. And, uh, we'll be chatting soon. I'm sure. Yes, I hope so. Thank you both for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for reaching out. (laughs) No problem. Bye-bye. See ya. If you or someone you know has a unique story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at theimperfectpodcast at outlook.com. For more information and how to connect with us on social media, you can visit us at our website, theimperfectpodcast.ca. And from whichever platform you are listening to this episode, be sure to like, share, and leave us a review. We would really appreciate your feedback. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We look forward to hearing your feedback and seeing you all find that extra joy and embrace your own imperfect. See you next week. week.